All right, welcome to the Splitting Hairs podcast with Jackrabbit Illustrated. I'm Matt Tollefson, and this is my co-host, Kyle Sheehan. Kyle, say hi for everyone. How's it going, everybody, and all the Jacks faithful out there? All right, Kyle, um, tell us a little bit about your background and uh, why you're interested here in the podcast. Yeah, so my background, uh, spent time growing up in both Georgia and Minnesota, um, was fortunate enough to be around some some unbelievable mentors, uh, Coach Mickey Kahn, who is now a defensive backs and safeties coach at Clemson University. Um, finished up my high school career in Fairmont, Minnesota, where I was blessed to be around another great mentor, Troy Cody, who's now a uh, an AD in Fargo school system. But uh, Fairmont High School in South Central Minnesota has a rich tradition of uh, putting some jackrabbits um, in blue and yellow. Sure. So graduated um, from high school in 05, um, had a little stint signed actually with Purdue out of high school, and then uh, just uh, found a better fit with uh, South Dakota State and, and Coach Stig. And um, I really just want to, uh, you know, kind of talk about some scheme, talk about some some things that uh, about the culture at South Dakota State and, and some of the excitement that's been built uh, as we've kind of made the D1 transition and also kept a lot of momentum rolling into uh, to kind of becoming a, you know, a staple, a power in the, uh, in the FCS ranks. So, sure. yeah, that's, that's why I'm here. And, you know, I don't think there's any, uh, any greater sport than football in, in terms of shaping, um, you know, resilience and, and fortitude and young men. So I, I really get excited and hyped to talk about that. Perfect. Well, good. Um, so Kyle and I actually met while in school at South Dakota state, uh, uh, we were both education majors at the time, and I think we met in uh, Jen Weber's middle school class. Do you remember? Do you remember oh, yeah. middle school philosophy? Oh, yeah. yeah. So yeah. Uh, Kyle and I have been friends for quite a while, um, and Kyle is a great follow on Twitter um, during during the games. Uh, just talking about the scheme, I know I've enjoyed following him the last few years, um, just to kind of uh, raise my understanding of of what they're trying to do. I did not play for the Jacks uh, my freshman year. I kicked around the idea of, of trying to walk on and play. Um, and one of the scariest moments of my life was going to Stig's office in the hyper uh, and, and sitting down on his couch and asking if I could. Uh, and I was too late for that spring, but he said I could go to the film. And so I actually went to went into the trailers a couple times and watched offensive line film with Coach Meadows and the crew. Um, and, you know, didn't do the things I needed to do to come back that next fall and play. Um, so I have an, a ton of respect for these student athletes that uh, can dedicate their lives for five years, five plus years, because it starts in high school, um, to really being ready to play college football. So a uh, ton of respect um, for it. Uh, this is the third season for Jackrabbit Illustrated, and we've decided to add the podcast as just a different medium to try to reach all Jackrabbit fans and Jackrabbit faithful. So whether you're in the gym listening to this or in the office or on your car ride or your commute, um, thank you. Thank you for supporting Jackrabbit Illustrated and what we've done the last few years. And thank you for listening to this. Um, so today, what we're going to do is just do a general offensive breakdown. We're going to look at the, the positions, uh, who we think is going to do what. Uh, and then at the end, we're going to wrap it up with what, what we kind of expect from Coach Eck this year as the new offensive play caller. Um, you know, we've gone through the, the different position breakdowns. We actually just wrapped up the position breakdowns last week, uh, but we'll kind of just do a dive into the offensive uh, offensive players tonight. So uh, Kyle, should we start at quarterback? That's what everyone's wondering, right? Yeah, always. Let's go to the guy right okay. away. Um, talk a little bit about who's going to be the field general out there leading the Jacks. You know, it, it seemed like there was some hype coming in. We had uh, the transfer from Arizona state, um, you know, who, who has since retired, but, uh, it seems like uh, Jabori Gibbs is, is kind of establishing himself, um, you know, uh, maybe getting a nod a little bit more, uh, than the others, but, uh, you got some, you know, you got a junior there in, uh, Cannon Nelson, who I think has done some nice things. Obviously he's got a good feel for the offense being an upperclassman, but I'd really like to see him kind of maybe take another step or two, um, just show a little bit more command, maybe drive the ball downfield, but he's got some nice athleticism. Mm -hmm. You know, he can really move, move pretty well. Um, he, you know, he's got a good frame can maybe pack, pack some more weight on, but you know, he moves well, um, you know, throws a pretty nice ball. Um, but yeah, you know, 
Javori seems like uh, seems like he's he's got a lot of upside. You know, fluid mover as well. I think adds a lot more versatility when you're when you're talking about you know spreading the field, being able to do some some option design type plays, um, which will be interesting because you know I think uh, which we'll get into a little bit here. But with Coach Eck, I think stylistically we we probably want to get keep the ball on the ground. Obviously, we have a stable stable of running backs but uh what do you what are you seeing out of Jabori and in the rest of the squad yeah so Jabori is the thing I love about him is he's a winner uh he's he's from uh Chicago he went to Phillips High School uh which is a which is a public high school there right in Chicago and uh I think he was teammates uh who's the other Phillips guy is it Don Don Gardner or Marshawn Harris I forget um but anyways sophomore year and senior year he led them to state championships and it was the first time in a long time that uh, inner city Chicago public schools won, won a state championship. Um, and I yeah. forget the ex- Usually it's the Catholic schools yeah, out there. Yeah, so he's a winner. Um, you watch his film from, from high school because we don't have a lot to go on, right? We have spring ball, basically. Um, right. But his high school, he throws a nice ball. Um, he throws a good deep ball, uh, nice touch you know, uh, and then he can get out and make plays with his legs. Some of that athleticism and that dual threat that you were talking about. Um, you know, Karst, uh, Karst was uh, an early enrollee actually. So he's been in four spring camps now. Um, this will be mm-hmm. his fifth year if he, you know, this next spring. And, uh, you know, I really appreciate just yeah, his, his uh, commitment to the program. He, he definitely has that dual threat. Um, the coaches have mentioned that so many times with him uh, that he just he's able to use his legs and they just want to see a little bit more out of his arm. And so we'll see with that. Um, I think having someone that's been in the program, though, for four springs, uh, you got to feel good about that person as a backup, I think, you know. Absolutely. And, and you can really download, you know, systematically what we're trying to do, you know, kind of the, the fundamentals of the scheme. You can do it more quickly. So that way, you know, you can start to add more layers as you go and really, you know, just creates more upside early. Um, Being an early, early enrollee myself in college, you know, that really helped me get a grasp and a feel for things, mainly for collegiate life, you know, because people forget they're athletes um, and uh, students at the same time (laughs) concurrently. So um, that gets lost in the shuffle here. But, uh, you know, another guy that I really saw some nice signs on, uh, through uh, the Argus leader and some of the, the content they've put out is uh, is Matt Connors. He throws a really nice ball, mm-hmm. has good touch. Um, obviously coming from the South down there in Collierville, Tennessee, he's got uh, probably a, you know, a rich football yes. exposure yep. um, because football down South is somewhat of a religion, but uh, you know, good frame, um, good ability to, to add some weight to it to get stronger, show some command and leadership as he progresses through the offense and, and just uh, growing and maturing. Yeah. My, my conversation with coach Lujan about him uh, was really interesting because it sounds like he has a great arm. Like Lujan said he, he, he mm-hmm. trusts his arm too much, um, but he, he has yeah. this crazy ability. He said to fit it into just the tightest windows that he hasn't really been around before. Um, but, mm-hmm. but again, sometimes, you know, it sounds a little bit like Brett, it can get, yeah, you, get in you in trouble. Some Brett Favre to him yeah. a little bit. So, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I mean, I'm sure you'll remember. I played with a guy Thomas O'Brien who had it oh, just yeah. an, an absolute yeah. cannon. But you know, sometimes you, you you rely too heavily on on the uh, fastball when you need to you know maybe mix up a changeup in there every now and yep. again. Yep. So so you know you, know, you kind of said it at the beginning, um, Jabori. You know, it's it sounds like from everything we're hearing is going to be the starter. Um, you know, haven't seen like an official statement or anything, but. I think Stig's been quoted in a couple articles saying, you know, that uh, Jabori is gonna gonna be the guy at Minnesota. So, uh, well, we'll it. go with it. It's good to it's 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 good to name him, uh, whoever it may be. Establish it early. Yep. That way, the guys can kind of rally behind him. He can uh, he can begin to establish some rapport uh, with the ones and and kind of the the people who are gonna get you know the bulk of the the reps, and then. You know, I don't know if you want to transition to it yet. Should we talk about who who some of his friends are going to yeah, be out there? At yeah, Wideout? let's go to Wideout. Yep. Nice. Obviously, um, well, we we really do have two clear cut, established guys that are going to be the dudes. Um, obviously, Kay Johnson is 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 a lot of a, a huge X factor that anybody throughout the valley and pretty much college football will probably want to have on their team. 
just, you know, the ability to create space, um, create the matchups that you want. I love what we did in the run game by, you know, last year when we had Coach E, um, not Coach Eck, Coach, Coach Eisenhuis, <laughs> when we had them motion across the formation, see if they're going to get man matchups. What that does is it sometimes it'll pull a backer out just to widen with the formation. Mm-hmm. And then it creates just, you know, gashes for run lanes. And, you know, sky's the limit with that. But uh, what are you seeing out of Cade? Yeah, Cade, uh, he's just – he does it all. You know, at the start of the season, uh, Montana State last year, you know, he was busting off these end of rounds. And, you know, it kind of felt like at, a, at that point it was like, oh, Cade's going to be like a gadget guy. And then all of a sudden he starts running these flags and posts and uh, across the middle and he's – he's just taking him to the house, you know, and he's, he's more mm-hmm. than just a gadget player. Um, and I, yeah. and I think, uh, I know actually just from some conversations with him, he was really annoyed to be named as an all purpose American last year and not, a, and not <laughs> at wide receiver. <laughs> as, he, as he should be, as he yeah. should be, you know, that's good respect, but I think, uh, anyone who wants to be established at their position uh, and honored in it uh, is going to have a little chip on their shoulder like yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah. So, so Cade, I mean, it, it, it's just, a, he's a great human being too. Um, if you ever get a chance to talk to Cade, um, it, it's just fun having a conversation with him. He's upbeat. Uh, you know, he, he just he cares about his teammates. He wants to talk about the other guys that surround him. So uh, pretty cool individual. That's good. You need consistent personality like that, you know, I, I do follow Caden, his, his dad, on, on uh, Twitter. And Twitter's not real life, but you do get a little bit of a taste for, you know, what their personality's like. How a teammate? Are they a me guy or a we guy? Mm-hmm. And I, I, I don't even look to Twitter or social media for that. What I look is, you know, I watch every single Jacks game. Um, it's a little little ridiculous, and my dogs go nuts when I'm, when I'm in the background uh, getting excited. But, um but watching his energy level throughout every play, even when he's off ball, mm-hmm. I love yeah. it because that sets the tone, man. Like, and if, and if you don't do the little things all the time, um, your own teammates will notice that. And then they'll start to think that they get a free pass to do the same. Yep. So, you know, I love the chip on the shoulder and uh, another guy is a good little segue into this who should have a chip on his shoulder, but you know, it shouldn't make him play any different because he's pretty consistent as well as Adam Anderson. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Adam's I, my guy. I love Adam. Yeah, yeah. He he, man, he made some big, big time catches last year, and um, you know, I think he did get some all conference recognition, mm-hmm. but was kind of shocked at at kind of where he fell in there personally because I thought that you know he was a key key player uh, in big time games, and you know when you play in the valley, that's uh, that's no small feat, you mm-hmm. know. Um, so. I'm I'm excited to see what he does this year, especially with so many weapons on the field from the running back um, position, as well as having Kate out there, and then you know some other guys like Jacob Brown yeah. and, and things. Or, or, I'm sorry, yeah, Jacob yep. Brown. I get him get him mixed up. He's got good bloodlines. So. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Adams got really soft hands too. He's a he's a hands catcher, um, which really you know is going to pay dividends. Because uh, he might draw some matchups, or Cade might draw some matchups that you know they're going to need to exploit. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know, Adam had a good fresh redshirt freshman season, uh, and I really thought sophomore year he'd take a big a big leap. Um, but again, sophomore year he was playing next to Jake in Dallas, so pretty exactly. limited opportunities, limited touches. Yeah, yeah. and uh, you know, I think he you know struggled with some confidence a little bit. But then last year, coming out being a starting receiver. Uh, he just really, man, he blew up. Um, and I'm with you. Like he was honorable mention all Valley, I think. Um, and there's no reason he couldn't have been second team yep. or first team for sure. Oh, so, easy. Absolutely. Yeah, he run, you know, and, and he's really taken on a leadership role. He was named a captain this year. Uh, when I talked to coach Arnheim, Arnheim just raved about him and said, you know, being a coach and being tough on the rest of the guys is so easy when Adam wants to be coached and he wants to be, he wants to get better every day. You know, Draft Diamonds has already identified him as a small school prospect, as someone that they're hyping up. Um, and great. so, you know, Arnheim is just – he's a tough coach. He's a yeller. He's loud. If you're at the stadium, you know mm-hmm. when Coach Arnheim is yelling. And it's like that at practice. And so this wide receiver group um, is tough. Like, they, <laughs> they're a tough group. Um, and, and, and again, Arnheim mentioned just Anderson really wanting that coaching and that setting the tone for the rest of the group, which it's a young group. So it's a good thing to have. 
That's awesome. Yeah, you know, it's kind of like the Tom Brady effect, you know, however many, 22, 23 seasons. So, you know, I lo- I've lost track at this point, but Belichick gets at him just like he gets at the rookie free agents yep. or, you know, people in minicamp. And, and when, when you do that, you, you show that you're pursuing excellence. You're not just pursuing accolades or, or mediocrity or whatever. You're trying to take that next step and get 1% better. So if Adam does that, man, shoot, you know, I think we'll be sitting pretty uh, come – November, December. The, the third starter, or at least the returning starter at receiver is Jacob Brown. Uh, And, and Jacob had a tough year last year. You know, he played as a true freshman, had a nice sophomore season. You know, he caught the big pass um, against NDSU when he got whacked in the end zone um, for a touchdown, the Mm -hmm. first touchdown of the game. Uh, But uh, last year he dealt with injuries um, and just had a tough year. But the one consistent that he brought was his blocking ability as downfield blocking and that's all the receivers, but uh, I love Jacob for his toughness and I'd look for him to have a good year. Yeah, absolutely. You know, he he did some good things against uh, Northern Iowa as well, which, you know, anytime you can, can establish um, yourself against teams like Northern Iowa or NDSU, you know, as you progress throughout your, your years at state, you know, that only will help you gain that confidence to be able to return to kind of that level of play. Yep. So I, I look, I look for good things coming from him. Yep. We, we, uh, we need to talk about just, I think three other guys that are going to contribute or maybe four that are going to contribute this year. Um, the Yankee twins from Madison. Uh, mm-hmm. These are former walk-ons and if the story is true about them. Um, college coaches couldn't decide if they were basketball players or football players. And so they just kind of got ignored through the whole recruiting process. Wish I had that yeah, right, right. right? <laughs> and uh, and so you know they kind of came along towards the towards the end of the winter signing period actually, and said, "Hey, we want to play football." And SDSU was there, picked them up, um, and they signed as as walk-ons. Uh, but I'm guessing they're on scholarships now after they had awesome years last year um, on the on the you know the freshman squad. Uh, I think Absolutely. Jackson or one of the two played in the four game max, um, but just great things out of camp on both these two uh, phenomenal hands, great speed. You know, they're six, three and six, two, uh, 200 plus pounds. And they're running, you know, four, yeah. five forties. Uh, yeah, they're, yeah, they're jumping out of the gym, that basketball background. Um, they're, they're, they can, they can really, really sky. So uh, I'd expect huge things out of these two this year um, in the passing game. Nice. So look forward to yeah. it. The other guy that uh, I think kind of got derailed last year because of injuries that, that folks should be excited about is Dion Campbell. Um, okay. You know, he had a huge spring following his freshman year uh, and then got hurt right towards the end of fall camp last year before the game started. <laughs> and that sidelined him for the first four yeah. or five weeks. And he never really got back, got that traction going. Uh, you know, he just, he finished. Um, what do you finish here? just with five receptions last year for 40 yards. Um, but he's the fastest guy on the team is what the coaches tell me. Um, and he's someone that they really wanted to get into the offense last year, but that injury and, and once they kind of got Cade and Adam into a rhythm, he just never really had that spot. So established. Himself, yeah, yeah. So we'll see this year what they can get him, get him doing. Uh, but I'd expect him to make some splash plays and a lot of people to look in the program and go, who's that? So I like it. Should we uh, should we transition into uh, the uh, the tight ends? Yeah, let's go there. Yep. Nice, because you know you can't spell athlete without. Yeah, TV. you were a tight end, so yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, you were an H back. Right? I attempted to. Uh, yeah, I was more of an. I was more of a. <laughs> okay. Uh, calling calling me a tight end would be uh, you know pushing it a little <laughs> bit maybe, but you know I did I did run some uh, some big routes back. All in right. The day. Um, but yeah, no tight ends. Uh, I'm really excited to see because at first in the in the early games against some lesser competition, Blake nice things, and I was like, oh, who's this kid coming out of Wisconsin? And you know, we've had a pretty good tradition with tight ends out of Wisconsin. I had a teammate, Colin Coach, you know, a really remarkable player. Obviously, had a nice little stint in the NFL with the Bengals um, and uh, bounced around with some other teams, but you know. That Wisconsin connection seems to be strong. Blake did some nice things even even later on in the year, um, and I'm really looking forward to him. Looks like he's added a little bit of size. Um, you know, familiarity within the offense is going to only help that. Um, 
and then obviously with a new quarterback, your best friend is going to be a, a reliable and consistent tight end. Yeah. So we'll see how we'll see how uh, how his uh, sophomore season takes and, and shape. And you do you remember his story at all? Uh, you're gonna so, have to refresh so me on Blake's that one. So Blake's story: He didn't play football. He was a baseball player. Um, and before his senior year, they were doing you know one of those regional combines, and so his buddies mm-hmm. talked him into going. And they said, "Blake, come to the come to the combine." And so Blake went ran coach x spotted him offered him a scholarship uh and then he played football his senior year but uh he was a he's a baseball player so <laughs> man yeah coach x finding some diamonds in the rough I yeah like it. so just I like kind it. of a crazy deal on that one um but you know the other guy um and you get you love this guy because he's a tough nose do what it takes for the team absolutely cal hart um, yes, sir. Our new yeah there. i love cal hart um uh, Anytime I'm at practice or have been at practice in the past, uh, you know, Cal's, Cal says hi, uh, and then he goes out there and uh, blocks a defensive end 10 yards down the field. Uh, <laughs> and, and it's just – Hey, that's what yeah, we like. Yeah, he just uh, – it's just a great guy. Um, and when he gets that chance in the passing game, he makes plays. His hands have improved a ton. Yeah. Uh, yeah, absolutely. You know, he is consistent. And, I, you know, the short to intermediate game for sure – and maybe helping get in uh, some shorter distance uh, chain situations. It, that's more his uh, repertoire. Mm-hmm. I, I would say definitely Koontz is going to be the guy to kind of stretch the field a bit more vertically. Mm-hmm. But that's just, you know, given their frames, their skill sets, and kind of how they settle into um, the role uh, in doing their 111th, as Coach Stig yep. would say. But, uh, yeah, man, I love it. He, he blocks downfield. He's always moving. Um, he's establishing the line of, line of scrimmage, which is something that I really enjoyed doing when I was playing, um, which, you know, he's just carrying on that tradition, that grit. And that's what you need, man, because uh, they're going to run the ball this yeah, year. I can guarantee absolutely. you that. Just want to talk about a couple more guys. Uh, Skylar Cavanaugh and Caleb Schaff have been around now in the program for three years. Uh, Skylar had the big true freshman season when he was Dallas's backup. Uh, he was hurt for a lot of last year. Unfortunately, he played in like five games, so he didn't get to use the red shirt rule. Uh, and so, you know, Skyler's reliable. He's athletic. He can really run. Uh, multi-sport standout in high school. Uh, so I'd, I'd expect him, you know, if there were injuries, uh, I think Skyler would definitely be a good, a good fill-in. So, Yeah, and, and I'm glad you brought him up because he did some really nice things athletically. He's got really good movement quality for a bigger frame, bigger guy um, that I liked seeing would have been uh, two years ago. Um, yeah, man, sometimes that injury bug bites you and, and other guys step up and fill the, va- fill the void. But, uh, you know, hopefully he carries a chip on his shoulder, is doing things to take care of his body so he can, he can contribute. Yeah. And that's one thing uh, Coach, Coach Schleichner, the tight ends coach, really uh, talked about Skyler just being still a positive leader, even though the room – or even though last year he just experienced a lot of uh, – a lot of uh, injuries and just it wasn't the year that he expected or wanted. Um, but he still was like a great leader through spring and uh, really stepped up. So I'm excited to see what he can do if he gets the opportunity. Uh, Caleb Schaff, another kid from Wisconsin. Uh, this guy's hands, this guy can catch everything. Um, so I'm not sure he just, whatever it is holding him back from getting on the field. Uh, I, but I really appreciate his hands. Uh, like it, I don't know when he, when I was at practice with him, um, him and yeah, him, Schaff and Kavanaugh, and then Arthur Egan was the kid that left the program. When those three were all freshmen together, uh, Schaff was the one that kept catching my eye because he just could catch everything. It was crazy. So, nice. uh, and yeah, you know, another guy who will be interesting too, but you know, down the down the road. But I think we'd be remiss if we didn't at least bring him up is Tucker Kraft. I'm, I'm sure he'll probably redshirt given the the. Uh, the depth in the room, but you know, he did some really nice things. He's a South Dakota kid. Um, and I, I like his frame. I like his movement quality. Um, you know, and we'll see as he matures, but yeah, that's, that's when I want to keep it. Yeah, on. exactly. Uh, and I think, you know, there's a learning curve going on with Tucker. Um, he, he was course. a wingback, you know, nine man wingback. Yep. So, <laughs> so playing tight end is going to be an experience, but he came to camp and just really wowed him last year, earned an offer, took it. Uh, Wyoming tried to take him away towards signing day, um, but Tucker stayed uh, committed to his, his, his uh, verbal. So 
Um, the other guy that I just coach Moore. Coach Moore is a rascal yeah, out there yeah. in Wyoming. Yeah. That's my old position coach. <laughs> He's out there now with the Cowboys and doing big things. But shout out to Coach Moore. <laughs> All right. The the last tight end <laughs> I want to talk about is Zach Hines out of Sioux Falls, Washington. Uh six seven, two fifty. And uh Whew. and I guess he has even longer arms. Uh so the offensive coordinators both talked about uh his catch radius and the weapon that he's going to be in the end in the red zone. Um, he's not the, the fastest, uh, but he's, he's fast enough. He's quick enough. And they said he catches everything. So that's, so, that's someone awesome. to watch. If, if, yeah. And if he can grow into uh, it sounds like one of my former teammates, Chris Wagner, if he can ah. become even, even half the, the player in, in both versatility in the pass game and the, the run game, that'll be a, a sight yeah, to see. Absolutely. Oh, Kyle, we got to go back for a second. We forgot to talk about Who the fullbacks. Hey, oh. Luke Sellers. Luke Sellers, yeah, talk about Luke. <laughs> you know, funny story. Last year, I wanted Luke to get a carry so bad. I thought about starting a GoFundMe and then <laughs> seeing if I would just GoFundMe and whoever picked the correct game that he actually got a carry in, they could donate the the funds to charity of their choice because I was like, this is not going to happen, especially after seeing Pierre emerge and uh, CJ do some nice things. And it's just like, man. Uh, so I'm not going to hold my breath on that one. But Luke, he's a, he's a bruiser, man. He knows how to you know use his leverage. Uh, he's he's solid. He's a hoss. Um, you know, I, I like how he adapts, uh, moves his feet. You know, just some of the technical aspects of blocking and playing the game. Um, but you know, I, I think that, uh, it, will be interesting to see the types of packages they have him in because there, there are, there is so much talent, but he's definitely going to get on the field and, and get some good playing time. And, uh, and, and I'm excited to see what he yeah, does. Yeah. He's, he's going to get carries this year. Um, yeah. Is he? You, you, are you going to, you going to hold no, me to I, that? I, 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 I'd expect him to get a carry against Minnesota. Um, good. You know, good. coach, coach Beal has talked about it. Um, they, they used it in the spring handing sellers the ball and, uh, coach Good. Coach Beal, the new running backs coach, couldn't understand why they weren't giving him the ball in the past. So he's really pushing for it. Yeah. So uh, I'd expect Luke to get some carries. <laughs> yeah, and especially, you know, that was the thing. We ran a lot of 13 personnel uh, under, like, Coach Meadows and stuff like that. And um, I'm by no means, like, uh, what you'd call, like, a, a playmaker with the ball in my hands. I was definitely much more of a blocking <laughs> back. But but one yards away, 250 pounds. Luke Luke's gonna get you. He's gonna get you that that pay dirt. He's gonna get you uh, get you the first down. So, yeah, definitely like uh, like the move there. And plus, it just adds another element. If you got to key the fullback, if you're not paying attention to him, you know something that both Illinois State and NDSU do really nicely in the valley yep. as well. Uh, a couple of younger guys at fullback. We just need to touch on Mike Morgan and Peyton Madison. Um, both you know, are going to play this year a little bit. Um, Peyton, you know, we'll see how it goes, but Peyton could play in his max four games or he could play the whole season, depending on injuries with Luke. Um, you know, both of them were featured running backs in high school, um, but, the, but they have that frame. They're 6'3", 225, and 235. Uh, they stand out in the running back picture. Like uh, Peyton's an interesting story. He played amateur hockey or that pro-am hockey or whatever where – I forget the exact name, but he played like in the league nice. that uh, the Sioux Falls Storm are in. Um, and then. So he likes to scrap. Yeah. I, yeah. I like it. So our, the Sioux Falls, not the Sioux Falls Stampede, excuse me. Uh, the, the league that the Brookings won is. Yeah, the, the Blizzard. Blizzard, yeah, Blizzard. Yeah. Thank you. Um, and, and then he came back his senior year and wanted to play football with his teammates. And uh, the rest is history. So here we are. Um, so those two are going to be in the future. Um, but I would, I would expect them to contribute somewhat this year. So we'll see. And yeah. need to talk about that stable of running backs now. <laughs> you yes, want to lead it? You want to lead, you it, lead off? it off, man. You got it. All right. Well, we'll talk about the elephant in the room from uh, Arkansas, Pierre Strong. <laughs> I think, uh, you know, uh, what else can you say? The dude has a burst. Um, what I really like about watching him play is his patience to the hole and his speed through the hole. Um, that's what they always harp on in running backs rooms across the country. And I think uh, the way he sets his blocking up, the way he uses him downfield, he has great field vision. Um, I want to see him, you know, cause you, you got to improve in some area um, of your game and, you know, being an underclassman still, which is surprising to say um, I want to see him run behind his pads a little bit more, um, which he did well. 
Um, but a lot of the runs, I mean, he's just burning people. So when that time does come this year, let's see him move the pile a little bit and, uh, and, and, you know, hopefully he can, uh, he can break some, uh, break some serious runs like he did last year later in the season, which, uh, is crazy to still think that uh, he crossed the thousand yard mark. Um, and he only played like what, 10 games yeah. or so. He, well, you know, the, the official wow. stat book says 13 games played, uh, and he finished with 1,100 yards, 11 touchdowns, and a long of 73. The thing that, that really does wow me, though, on, on him is on 117 attempts, he only lost 33 yards. So it's just phenomenal. It's crazy. That, that... <laughs> Absolutely. And I think that that's a nod to his patience again. Like when you really watch him, he sets his blocking up. I mean, because a lot of times, um, you know, you'll have a back who's too anxious to hit the hole um, and he'll hit it before it develops or he'll hit the mesh point with the quarterback is a little bit off and then the blocking doesn't develop and their their speed to the hole is right. But, you know, it's just the timing is off. So, I mean, that's that's something that you develop over time. So to see him do that so early is is really exciting. Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, it was uh, he had, he had 95 yards October 6th against Indiana State. But then the next three weeks, Youngstown, he just had one carry. Northern Iowa, he had eight carries. Illinois State, he had five carries. And then he ended the year with one, two, three, four, five, uh, uh, six. Six out of uh, seven games, he had over 100 yards. Uh, the USD yeah. game, he had 253. Yeah. So just insane, <laughs> like, <laughs> production. Uh, but. Uh, was that San Diego or yeah know, right USD <laughs> yeah right it's hard to tell sometimes uh, but then you got to talk about Mikey right you know Mikey you've worked with him of course yeah actually you know funny story when I was uh, wrapping up school figuring out what I wanted to do um, post my undergrad I was taking some uh, some grad classes and was coaching at Brookings High School and got to coach Mikey Daniel uh, his sophomore year and Preston Tetzlaff. So we'll get to him, I'm sure, when we do our defense breakdown. But Mikey, I, I just want to say this. I genuinely believe it's been around a lot of football, a lot of elite football players as well. I have not seen anybody who loves the game of football more than Mikey mm. Daniel. I, I just haven't. Um, the guy eats, sleeps, breathes the game of football. And I think when you do that – when you're so passionate about it, you care about the game. You care about every little thing, every little detail around it. I mean, and it shows he runs with authority. And he's kind of, you know, assumed that role and taken that on nicely. If you'd have told me, Mike, you would have been a power back when, when he was a sophomore and progressing, I, I, I would have been a, a little bit unclear if that was going to be the case. Because mm-hmm. he just – he had pretty good movement quality. I did question his speed and his burst, if he'd be able to take it to the FBS level and, uh, and get, a, get a ship there. But uh, I'm glad he stayed at home uh, in Brookings. He's a nice fit. Um, I love his personality. He's a good down-to-earth kid. And like I said, like, as a coach, you'd want nothing more than to coach someone who uh, has a pure love of the game. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, Mikey, you know, that love of the game, that dedication to team, uh, you know, broke the squat record this year. Um, and uh, who, had, who had held the squat record before um, him? Uh Jordan Paul, maybe? Uh, Andre uh, Watson. Uh, shoot, can't remember. I'm going to sound stupid on this podcast for not being able to remember it, but uh, I believe it was Watson. Um, from We before. won't hold it against yeah, you. Yeah, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> but but Mikey and Luke Sellers, again, uh, were, were rack mates, I think, for a lot of their career um, in terms of lifting. And oh, well, that yeah, it just sense. makes sense. Like they, <laughs> they really invested, you know, in helping each other get stronger and get better for the good of the program. So, um, really cool to see that Mikey went over 10 touchdowns again last year. Uh, I think that's the second year in a row he did that. So that's pretty impressive um, for someone that's never gotten the bulk of the carries, you know, to be exactly to, to really kind of find that role. And, and uh, you know, he's still athletic too. He hurdled that defender against Duquesne. Oh, absolutely. You know, so, <laughs> Oh, I mean, Mikey's not short on athleticism. I think just in terms of the burst or some of the swivel, um, you know, and he's had a lot of carries in his life, sure. you know, he's played, he's played a lot of football. But I think, you know, one of the things when you when you flip the script and you look at look at it from a defensive perspective, when you're having to tackle Pierre and get an open field and, and tackle CJ when he's sticking his foot in the ground and putting moves on, and then you get into the red zone and got to tackle either Luke or Mikey, I like our yeah. eyes. You yeah. know? 
I mean, they're going to make it, they're going to make you feel them. And that's how you play the game of football behind the pads. So absolutely. I like it. I'm, you brought him up just a second ago, but we need to touch on CJ Wilson. Uh, this guy is electric with the ball in his hands. No joke. And man. coaches have just raved about him. He was just starting to come on last year when he got a really bad quad contusion um, that just could not get healed up. And he tried and tried to come back, um, but it just couldn't get there. You know, he averaged six and a half yards per carry last year. Uh, he was he was actually the third running back behind Isaac, Mikey, Pierre, and then CJ. Or no, yeah, Isaac, Mikey, CJ, and then Pierre um, at the start yeah. of the year. And so I'm just looking forward to what CJ can do with the ball in his hands in space, <laughs> oh, kick yeah. returns, punt returns. Um, coaches have just been raving about him this year. So can you imagine having having a kick to either Kate or CJ? Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Good pick luck. your poison. Yeah, so. I don't know. It's going to be interesting to see what they do with that. And again, we'll touch on Coach X's offensive philosophy here in a little bit. The only other running back I want to talk about quick um, is Devin Blakely. He's the freshman out of Chicago. Um, he's 5'10", 185. And if you turn on the film, the huddle highlights from this guy, uh, again, talk about big play capability. He's returning punts. He's returning kicks, screens. Um, he's teammates with, he was teammates at Nazareth for a year, um, with, with diamond Williams or diamond Evans, who we're going to talk about tomorrow or next week for the defense. Um, but Devin will likely play in the four games as a freshman, um, and an absolute stud. So I'm excited for his future. Awesome. We just keep adding, adding to the riches. Yeah, I absolutely. Like it. All right, man, let's move to the offensive line. The, the hogs. hogs 605 hogs baby. yeah that's where the money is made in the trenches yeah. so uh egan lickus obviously um is a solid solid player to probably start off talking about um earn some nice accolades i think he's on uh, some watch lists coming up um for all america honors am i right about that well uh, the guards are complicated this year so so we got okay. three guards or four guards really battling for the two spots. Um, Eddie Miller, John Grutzmacher, uh, Mason McCormick, and Egan Lickus. Uh, Egan showed up on the Hero Sports best number list uh, at, at okay. 56 there. Um, that's right. That's right. That's where I, what I recall. So, so it's interesting. I, I don't really know. Um, I've heard Eddie has had a really good camp. Eddie Miller, the Brookings kid. Yeah, I actually coached Eddie as oh, well. That's right. Yeah, uh, same time you know, frame. He's a he's a good kid. Yeah, and he comes from a rich football family as well with his dad um, playing at some school down south of Brookings. Yeah, I think, yeah. Somewhere, <laughs> you know. So, <laughs> so you know that's it's it's really unknown right now. Um, you know, I have at least haven't been told anything. Um, but we'll see how it shakes out. But I really do like you know Eddie. Really, is a powerful guy. Um, he really yeah. is strong in the running game where I think Egan's a little more athletic. Um, and, and Egan's super, super smart, not saying Eddie isn't, um, uh, but, but Egan's pretty intelligent and, and has that good athleticism to get up to the next level. Um, yeah. And you know, it can either way, that's a, that's a good problem to have when you got a guy who's a brute and you got a guy who's more cerebral, um, you know, because I think being able to diagnose and, identify where the blitz is coming from, you know, how the defense is setting the strength to the offense. Um, and some of those things like that, guys can only learn from each other and be extra coaches out there on the mm -hmm. field, um, which I know is going to benefit everyone. So it'll be cool to see what emerges out of that. But either way, I like where we're sitting with those yeah. two. Yeah, and, you know, those two have played the most, in the, you know, in their career. Right, they got a lot, yeah, of, they reps. Got a lot of reps on them. Uh, John Grutzmacher out of Wisconsin, another big boy here, 6'8", 305. Um, he's moving in from tackle. And he moved in in the spring and had a really nice spring. And I, I've heard he's had a good fall camp as well. Uh, this is a, a huge human being. He's giant. Yeah, yeah he's 6'8". And uh, I, the, the, what are they drinking in Wisconsin, yeah, right? man? Right. Witzman? And, <laughs> my goodness. He, uh, the big knock on him, I guess, last fall was conditioning. And from what I'm hearing is he came back to camp this fall in good shape and ready to roll. Uh, and Good. so I think that's what's created a bit of a dilemma at the guard spot is how he's, how he's uh, changed his body a little bit 
and and really gotten in some good football shape. So we'll see. And the, the fourth nice. guy in this in this guard battle uh, is Mason McCormick. Uh, Matt Zimmer had a tweet from the Argus uh, earlier this week that Mason's also taking reps at right tackle. Uh, he's been taking some reps at center. So Mason's really, again, intelligent. Uh, yeah, Roosevelt, Roosevelt kid. kid. So that Roosevelt pipeline, uh, he's, he's a beast yeah. in the weight room. And so we'll see. I, I don't, I, you know, if we can rotate guards too and keep guys fresh, I don't know how you feel about that, if that's like other positions or if you want your offense alignment kind of, you know, in the game the whole time. I don't know. So, yeah, you know, I haven't really fully formulated a philosophy on, on that quite yet. I, I personally like to see it settle in because, you know, guys got to communicate with one another, learn the, learn the cadence of the quarterback. And it, it's, it's a lot of rhythm and feel that goes into it as well. But you know what? When you start getting in November and December, you better have some depth at those positions, especially facing some of the D lines we're going to face. So I know it's one game at a time, but, you know, just from uh, seeing the big picture. Yeah. Um, I, I think the more guys that get get reps, the better. And I know Coach Eck, being an O line guy, he's he's already got yeah. that in the back of his yep. mind. Absolutely. And I, you know, I love the one game at a time philosophy. But at the same time, we we're at a spot where, as a program, we need to start thinking about those games in November and December, right? Like we absolutely. we have to start thinking absolutely. about it in that depth and making sure that guys have reps throughout the season so they're prepared to go in you know, if someone has to drop out for the semifinals. So, yeah, and, and they definitely do. I mean, yeah. it, it's a mantra that, you know, younger kids, uh, younger student athletes need to have ingrained in them because they can get wide eyed and start looking too far uh, down the road and tripping over what's right in front of them. Sure. Right. So it's, it's, it's managing personalities and maturity a little yep. bit, but uh, don't think for one second that the coaches uh, don't realize that each game is leading to something bigger. Um, the school up north, and then uh, you got some other, other you know, really key contenders in the valley. Man, every it's it's a meat grinder. So, you know, it'll be exciting. But uh, having yeah, having depth on the O line is always yeah. Great. The so let's swing up, kick out to the tackles. Um, tackles this year, it sounds like they're set. Um, Aaron Johnson is stepping in at right tackle, uh, and he steps in for Tyler Weir. Tyler Weir started there for two years. Uh, Aaron Johnson got the start last year against you and I. And, and struggled, but he was going up against their really, really good defensive ends and outside yeah. backers. Um, and so, you know, Aaron, it sounds like just like from fall ball to spring ball, um, just really transitioned himself. And he, he had an awesome spring. And that's, I think that's part of the reason they were comfortable moving Grootsmacher into guard is because they're yeah. really trusting Johnson that, that, he, yeah, that he owns that spot now. Um something on him he came into sdsu two years ago at 235 pounds and he's up to 290 now <laughs> my goodness so that's that's good that's some good yeah. eating. <laughs> uh, so he's always been really athletic um and coach eck said that that he thinks that that if johnson keeps going how he has his trajectory is a potential nfl type of player he has that type of length that reach um and that athleticism that they're looking for so yeah man and that's you know that's some high praise and you know also earning the the mbfc commissioner's academic excellence award so he's got something between the ears to work with which is always you know an o-lineman's best friend um you know it doesn't hurt to be 6'6 290 plus as well but <laughs> Um, but you know, getting those starts against Northern Iowa and Illinois state filling in for, I think it was weird sure. last year. Um, you know, that's, those are, <laughs> those aren't any slouch teams right there, especially on the defensive side of the ball. So, you know, being able to see what they're going to throw at him um, with caliber of competition like that, that's only going to help him as he, uh, transitions into his sophomore season. Absolutely. Um, left tackle Evan Greenway, uh, was awesome last year as a junior, you know, he he had played a little bit um, sophomore year, but then last year really owned that left tackle spot. Uh, I thought really brought some consistency to the position that maybe had been a little bit lacking a little bit. Uh, you just know what you're kind of going to get with Evan. Uh, every time you talk mm -hmm. to Coach Eck, he talks about how smart and intelligent Evan is. Um, and again, heck of an athlete, converted tight end that's now playing left tackle. Um, so that's pretty cool. I like him even more right there. Yeah. Uh, is he is he one of the million Greenways or 
is he is he related to uh, the Chad Greenway? I don't know. He's from Yankton, so you know, same same yeah, part of this. Not Miller yeah. <laughs> Millerish area. Okay. Um, well, interesting. You know, obviously the guy is is kind of locked in the spot over there. He's a captain, um, and so I think some good things are gonna gonna come. You know, hopefully or not come, I should say, from the left side, yeah. um, letting Jabori get the ball off and into the hands of the playmakers and kind of, you know, setting the setting the stage for big things to Absolutely. come. Absolutely. The man in the middle is going to be Matt Clark. Um, Matt Clark was an all-conference guard two, two, three seasons ago as a sophomore and then was away for the from the team for the last two years. Um, but he's back. He came back in spring ball, uh, 6'5", 330. And if you know, if you remember Matt Clark, he was a heck of a wrestler down in Nebraska and then came to SDSU, played as a true freshman, all conferences, a sophomore. Um, But man, is he physical and strong. So I am so excited to have Matt back on the team and in the locker room. That'll be great. Yeah, absolutely. Obviously he can move bodies being a wrestler um, and having that background. Uh, Nebraska obviously has a rich tradition of that. Um, you know, it'll be interesting to see how you readjust and reacclimate to the team. But, man, that's a good guy to have return. Yeah. You know, and we, we talked about the, all the guards that we have, the mess of guards. I know they're kind of going back and forth, taking some snaps at center. Um, Jack Domandel's back. as a, as a He played in a lot of games last year at center as well. Um, and then the one guy to keep an eye on late in the season, remember we talked about late in the season, uh, injuries and whatnot, mm-hmm. Wes Ganant. He had, he had yeah, shoulder surgery on both of his shoulders, I believe. Um, maybe one. I don't, I don't know the exact details. Um, but he could be back by the end of the season and play in four games, keep his red shirt, and then come back for a fifth year because he also played as a true freshman. So Right, and, and, right. Yeah, no, he's he, – sorry. And West has played all along the offensive line. He played tackle uh, as a true freshman, played guard as a sophomore, and then played center last year. He was the starting center. So it's exactly where I was going with it. You know, he's seen significant playing time throughout his career, and he's also got that versatility to be able to kind of plug and play where where you know it's needed. Hopefully, we don't have the need this year, yep. and he can settle in and and do his thing. But yeah, injury the injury bug will get you. And you know, it's a good Parks in South Dakota guy. Um, I remember seeing him when he was a young buck uh, at the team camps. So. I'm excited to see that he's uh, had a nice career and, and let's finish it out strong. Yeah. All right. So that does it for the offense. Um, we'll talk about defense next week when we get together, but we need to talk a little bit about coach Eck and what we think he's going to bring. And we've, we, we, we've hinted pretty strongly at it through the podcast here. Uh, oh, yeah. So I was in Mankato when coach Eck was there. He was offensive line coach in 2013 and then was offensive coordinator in 2014. Um, He went on to Montana State and a couple other stops there um, where he was run game coordinator, um, offensive line coach at these different stops. Uh, But a little bit about his time at Mankato. For the one season, he was offensive coordinator. So Mankato was 14-1 and that year. They lost in the national championship game. uh, But they ran the ball that season 699 times. That's a lot. <laughs> That's, yeah, just let that sink in a little bit, man. Wow. Yeah. And I know there's been a lot of concern. Maybe not a lot. That might be overblowing it. But there's been some concern expressed about how are we going to get all these running backs carries, right? There's a lot of studs in that backfield. So that season, Mankato had five players that had 80-plus rushing attempts. So the ball does get distributed there. Um. Yeah, and if history is any indication of uh, future results, I think you can expect to see the uh, wealth of riches the Jacks have to see some touches like that yep, as well. Yep. You know, they, that offense averaged 40 points a game. They, scored, they had over 3,000 yards passing, 3,600 yards rushing uh, for a 5.2 yard per carry clip. So, you know, I, I really think that they're going to run the ball this year. Um, I think Jabori has the ability to pass. But I think with the offensive line we, we have, uh, with the running backs we have, I think you're going to see a ground and pound type of game. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, ground and pound is 
is how you manage the clock and how you control the tempo and feel of the game and how you can spare your defense. And it just adds so much, so much upside when you're able to uh, kind of assert your will through the run game. Um, I love that being, uh, you know, with my heritage being a fullback, but I just think that it, it is the name of the game still, even as the game expands and evolves into more um, stylistically a pass heavy uh, feel and kind of spread them out basketball on turf, if you will. But, um, you know, with any team, um, it's probably good to touch on, you know, even last year we had TC under center and we had Kate out there and, you know, our identity still had to develop as you go throughout the year. You know, you play a little bit, um, it's not a knock against them, but it is just generally how scheduling works a little bit of different type competition early in the season um, to kind of work some kinks out, get some guys, some, some younger guys, some more reps. That's the expectation. Anyway, if you take care of business and you still need to have your identity emerge through that. And it didn't really happen until later in the year that I would say the Jacks became uh, a run feature offense. Yeah. So, so this year should be, should be kind of similar, I think. Absolutely. And and there's going to be games, you know, we don't want to say it, but there's going to be games where, where we are going to have to pass the ball, right? Like it, right. The, the Valley yeah. defenses will make adjustments to, to the offense. Eight in yeah. the box, bring a safety, yeah. you know, you never yeah. know. So, so yeah, I mean, and they're going to force your hand that way too. So I, and that's what, you know, you touched on it earlier, having, you know, we don't have a lot of film on Jabore, which is going to be great, uh, you know, from an offensive perspective too, because they don't, they don't really know what to expect yet. But also, um, he's done it. He, he's, he's got a champion in his blood. So let's see how that translates. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, Kyle, thank you so much for, for this episode of talking about the offense. Uh, excited to talk about the defense with you next week. Um, and, you know, we may – we'll get into special teams. Um, but then we'll also probably do a double dip next week, I guess, and talk about the Gophers too and coming up because we're uh, getting close to that first game. And that'll do it for today's podcast. Uh, thank you for listening as we, as we went over the offense and we look forward to next week when we look through the defense and look at the Golden Gophers in the first matchup of the season. Uh, if you like this podcast, please be sure to subscribe, give us a like, share it out with your friends, let them know that we're trying to do this this season. Um, you know, at the, if our team here at Jack Arbett Illustrated is grateful for you listening and, uh, you know, the Splitting Hairs podcast, like we said, is a new, is a new avenue where we're trying to get new content out to you all um, in a way that, that you enjoy. Uh, so with that, I uh, look forward to talking to you next week. And uh, go Jacks! <laughs>